0: What were some of the misconceptions of purity culture?
1: Um, There were misconceptions and abuse that were told if you 10 points to please the father and nine ideas to get you ready for the husband of your dreams and two (laughs) questions to ask Jesus to get you a husband and three (laughs) answers for the two questions that will wrap up your <laughs> life such that you would be ready
0: for your husband. When for he come. your husband.
1: And everything was about holding your body for a husband, yep. which the principle behind that is biblical. But the way that it was marketed and presented and said, there, there is women from 35 to about 55 which ironically is my audience, that are now angry. Uh, Yes. Not only are they angry, but they horny. Yep. And they don't know how to not only deal with their actual physicality, they don't know how to have healthy conversation surrounding sex.
0: Love is a treasure chest, but once opened, our hearts become vulnerable.
1: I, I went back to Vegas. It was the sky. He appeared as a friend. Sure enough, it led to infidelity.
0: A line that can't be ignored. We talked about certain topics as far as having kids. She didn't want to have kids. Um, And that was one of the red flags. And I know you desire marriage. So I think it's best you move on with your life. Hold on, Lisa, what you do? I told him, okay. (laughs) She didn't ask me why.
1: I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I watched their videos of them having sex, so I would try to imitate that.
0: No discussion is off limits. Dear Future Wifey podcast brings healing.
1: You inspire us to try God a little bit more.
0: Through this platform, I realized that it's possible. It's possible to live again. The conversations
1: have really helped me to change my
0: perspective on relationships. Season 7 is all about tough topics. I'm LaTaris R. Winfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Terrace R. Whitfield. Listen... Are you still shacking up with us? If you're still shacking up with us, can we get a commitment? Hit that subscription button and subscribe. You know why that's so important is because when I'm talking to different sponsors or even talking about getting TV deals or whatnot first thing they're going to do is go look at YouTube to see how many people are rocking with us. Yes, they'll look at the views, but they also want to see how many diehard supporters I have. So please, please, please hit that subscription button. It doesn't cost a dime. Matter of fact, it was interesting. I was at Costco a couple of days ago and this lady walked by. She said, Hey, LaTaris, I love your podcast. I said, have you subscribed? She's like, no. I said, like, why not? And she was like, I don't know, but I watch it every week. And I am like, to understand I gotta unpack that. I'm gonna have a whole episode about what is <laughs> I got commitment issues because it's so easy to hit subscribe on a podcast that you watch every week anyway. And it just shows me um, that die hard support system that I have. So please just hit that subscription button and subscribe. We're trying to reach half a million subscribers in the next 30 days. Uh listen today's episode is absolutely amazing. Um you know what I'm not gonna give I was about to give the context of how I met this amazing woman of God, but um, we're just going to talk about it as soon as I introduce it. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave a review uh, rate this uh, podcast five stars. Um, again, I thank y'all so much. I thank y'all so much to uh, all the people that sometimes I get these random cash apps or people um, send me uh donations on youtube it's kind of awkward to me because it's hard for me to receive but i've been um silent about that and i just want to say thank y'all so much for all you who show your support by making a monetary donation towards the podcast i really really appreciate that thank you it hasn't gone unnoticed it's like i said sometimes hard for me to acknowledge it because it's hard for me to receive but uh, God is working with me on that. So thank you all so much. Without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast. My new homie, Stefana Samples. How you doing? I'm oh, wonderful. Thank you for having Don't me. Don't be trying to talk all quiet now. now you you, uh, you trying to talk all quiet. <laughs> Rihanna, she was talking all loud while ago. Now she's talking. About, just, when well, because I'm a lady. I'm a lady. So I'm, I'm a talk lady. lady. So you I mean lady, you got to talk real quiet? <laughs> yeah. You weren't talking quiet on that and dem- live? And demure. No, when I met you... So listen, I met <laughs> Safana on an IG live. Yes. Uh, what was that? Li- I was talking about what? what? What was the main topic of conversation? Well,
1: what drew me into the conversation is that you you all were talking about um, things that... I think you it, You, talk, you know, you, you were talking. No, you were. Talk, <laughs> you
0: y'all were, were t- thinking about things that were that were round
1: about. about the thing
0: of the of <laughs> the, the other thing. And then when you said it, is I when like, I wow, said. I and then just, I
1: said, "There you go."
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No,
1: but you what you were talking. You had the pastor on, and y'all were talking about relationships, of course. You're right. And um, you were talking about male female expectations, and and yeah. then you start talking about. Um, Oh gosh, it's on the. T- I guess I did forget a little
0: bit. <laughs> <laughs> but Whatever it was, good. you jumped in and you began to talk about the misnomer or the misconceptions of the purity culture yeah. and you just wrecked my whole life. You took over the live. I everybody, You took over lives. the whole <laughs> life. <laughs> I just said, I was just silent. I said, okay, I guess this, I've lost control over this. I'm going <laughs> to let Safana do her thing. What? And you, and everybody kept saying, you got to have on the podcast. You got to have her. And I was like, I would be a fool if I didn't have you come be on the dear future wifey podcast. So you can, I appreciate
1: everybody for that too. I, um I really thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. They, they that. love they
0: love you. And and Thank and you. after this episode. Too. Everybody gonna find out who you are. Ain't that something? Yeah. Cause you're kinda that. low key. I am. Yeah, Lexi told me that she's been trying to tell you to put yourself <laughs> out there more. You like, nah, I just I don't know. I don't uh, know how this goes. What was that about?
1: Like real talk, I am I know I look youthful. <laughs> But I'm old school, I'm Gen X, right? Okay. And so I'm I'm real old school. I have real boundaries around my privacy, but I'm called to do this very public thing. Yeah. Um, so it's challenging sometimes Learning, you know, where that boundary is for what particular opportunity, and um, how to navigate between what to share and what not to share. I'm getting more comfortable. I'm not. I listen. If you go on my IG and you scroll all the way back down to like 2015, I used to share my fitness journey and my parenting journey, and you can actually see. And I did that in my stories today. Like I started because I was weeping on my way here. I was. Let me tell you why.
0: Because on the plane or in the in the Uber. On the people's
1: plane in the air. You were crying. Weeping. Well, why, why I was not crying? There's the difference between weeping. crying and weeping. Tell, this is what you have to know. Tell the
0: people the difference between weeping and crying. So
1: weeping is from a depth, mm-hmm. and crying is um, more responsive. Mm-hmm. Right? Is more reactive.
0: See, she already going there. Go ahead. You
1: don't do that. No, because you know you <laughs> always got to be
0: deep about something. Right, just go I'm ahead. I'm a teacher. Go ahead. go ahead, Stefano. So.
1: Um, So I began to, yesterday, I put in my stories um, a poll. And on the poll it said, who's been with me since the single school days? I used to do, in 2015, I used to do a weekly Periscope.
0: Periscope. I remember Periscope. So I never got into Periscope. Because um, I was never on social media like that. I wasn't I, I, either. I was just on Facebook.
1: I wasn't either. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And you can literally see the evolution and just the different seasons and transitions. And as I was taking people back... To how single school evolved into what is now successfully single academy, and just and I'm reliving all these different transitions and watching my son in these, you know, pictures and and all of the different dynamics and components that really made up those seasons. I, I was a salon owner. I was finishing my degree. I was raising my son. I had a dog. Um, it was a whole lot. Okay, it was a lot of things. It was a lot. <laughs> many things and um and then there were also a lot of lost and and a lot of learning and unlearning
0: that lo- that's the that's the big part
1: baby that unlearning is painful talk about it and so i began to through my story i talked to my um family and my supporters through my DMs a lot and through my stories a lot. I don't post a whole lot on my timeline. I'm strategic about what I put on there, but we connect and we kick it in my stories and in my DMs. And I'm mindful of that. Um, You know, your gift is... There are certain people called to your voice. And I learned that the people that are called to me, they hear me differently. They are people, I know who I'm called to. I know who I'm called to serve, right? So they are people that want to be delivered, want to be healed, want to be educated, want to be empowered, want to be equipped, but they are not forefront people. And so there is a grace on my life to engage with them right where they are. In the DMs. Right in the DMs right in the DM, and in my stories. So I, 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 I talk to them, and I kick it with them in my stories. That's deep. Yeah. I never even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, I kick it with my people in, in my stories. They talk to me as if we're kicking it. I don't get a lot of engagement. I, I get decent engagement on my timeline, but you talking about going down in the DMs? Yeah. It really, go- like... I can show you paragraphs, I never would, but I could show you paragraphs of people unraveling their lives and unfolding their trauma. Um, People want to be healed. People want to be better. People want to be delivered. They understand that they're stuck and so i began to unfold the journey how you know back to periscope and then how it transitioned into ssa and then how that transitioned into master classes and 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 you can literally see on my timeline god healing transforming building my confidence and giving me clarity and so it resonates with people
0: i had no idea you had master classes and all that type of stuff and this, uh, and 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 no, I didn't. You didn't. No, at oh, all. That's okay. Yeah, because I, I, even like I was talking to Lexi, I said that I could see that you're doing something like that, mm-hmm. but I never mentioned that to her, and she was okay. like, because she kept saying that you more behind the scenes. I so am. What, I, what I took from that is that if you're behind the scenes, you really don't you don't really put yourself out there like that.
1: No, but, I do. It's just strategic. I'm not loud. I, I move with intentionality. I'm not loud because I don't I don't have a necessity to be in people's faces, to be a, like, I tried the whole, this is how you do the algorithm. This is how you do the content strategy. And you mm-hmm. post that nine and then you put the thing on the thing and you, you got the coordinate, you got, you know, all that stuff, all the tricks. I did the, I did the high price coaches. I did the, because I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt, what God has called me to do. I believe what he has said about me. Finally.
0: Finally. Finally.
1: And I have never seen what I do, how I do it from this perspective. And so there's no blueprint. Yes. There's no blueprint, which is why I understand you. Yeah. Right? And so people like you resonate with people like me. Right, Mm -hmm. And so... I had to throw all of that stuff out the window. I have I have content strategies up the wazoo. You understand me? You threw it out the window. Listen, because either I have the Holy Ghost or I don't. And don't get me wrong, I understand that there is wisdom, knowledge, right. and understanding, and mapping, and all of the different things. But when I really was honest, I had to repent and tell God, I'm sorry, I was trying to do this the way that everybody else does it, I'm not everybody else. And and literally, when I surrendered, I'm not crying on this podcast. (laughs) When I surrendered is when everything changed. He told me December of last year, this is the year that everything changes. Literally. And I'm watching it unfold. I'm watching it and it's a beautiful journey. It is uncomfortable a lot of times, but it's so worth it because obedience is the safest place in the world.
0: So thank you so much for giving me context about who you are Cause of course I was introduced to a whole nother side of you on that live. Now which, there are many sides. Huh? Oh, I know it is. I know. its we're gonna talk about them all too. Uh-oh. We're gonna to talk about them all. I don't think you got enough time. Oh, well, we're gonna talk about the the seven of them at least. <laughs>
2: Seven. Yeah, about seven of completion. Them. <laughs> yeah, we're huh? gonna talk
0: about at least seven. Come okay. on, somebody. Uh-huh. All right. Uh huh. So today, <laughs> the, today's episode. Don't know what the actual title is gonna be, but we're gonna talk about some of the misconceptions about the purity culture. That's what brought you on that live that day. That's what had women crying, literally dropping crying emojis. People like finally somebody is saying this. Um, let's just jump on in. When you hear about. The misconceptions, what, what you uh, positioned or propositioned your school of thought about the, and your experiences. Let's talk about that. What were some of the misconceptions of purity culture?
1: Um, there were misconceptions and abuse. Abuse. Abuse of what I believe initially was well or good intentions. Okay. Because... You know, those of us that are real believers, we understand that purity is um, something that the Father requires of us. As and, and and when we're talking about purity, of course, we're talking about abstaining from sex until marriage. That was the biggest part of what was pushed, right? right? And it was really for a long time the only thing that was pushed, and it was, um, it was really fed to the body. And wrapped up in this erroneous teaching that's what fired me up that night, yeah, because i'm passionate about that I'm passionate about the fact that there was this erroneous teaching for years that was that led to Transactional teaching, as opposed to relational teaching, about who the Father is, who we are in Him, and what that means for your heart posture and how you um, align yourself with what they intended to do. Right. So, so we were talking about how you have this entire demographic of men and women, but I I, I hear more from women because there are men as well. Um, But this entire demographic of women that were told, if you, 10 points to please the father, and nine ideas to get you ready for the husband of your dreams, and two (laughs) questions to ask Jesus to get you a husband, and three (laughs) answers for the two questions that will wrap up your life such that you would be ready for your husband when for he comes. And, come. and everything was about holding your body for a husband, yep. which the principle behind that is biblical. Right. And I stand 10 toes down on it. Um, But the way that it was marketed and presented and said, there... There is women from 35 to about 55, which ironically is my audience, that are now angry. Uh, yes. Not only are they angry, but they horny. Yep. And they don't know how to not only deal with their actual physicality, they don't know how to have healthy Conversation surrounding sex right. and sexuality that is not crass, that is not compromising, and that does not have to lead to you falling. They don't know how, because all they know is if I keep my body, God gonna get me a husband. When and then you and and if you and if you look at it, then you started seeing, oh, it ain't just about that. It's about your heart posture because it was like. There was this kickback starting to happen because they
0: were not getting they they weren't, the transaction wasn't completed. The
1: transaction was not completed because God never told people to teach it that way in not the all, first place. At all. So um, and then you had people like me sitting back like, oh, this ain't gonna end well. Why?
2: Because it was false.
1: But you was married. You, you were married at. The, were you married during that season? No, 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 no. I've been divorced. Um, which is another thing that people can appreciate is that I bring both experiences to right. the table, right? Yeah. Um, no, I've been divorced in May. It'll be twenty years. Uh, who knew?
0: You said twenty years. This coming up, May. Yeah,
1: I carried my son through divorce
0: so so when you were going when the purity culture if we go back i was back. long divorced right i was long divorced and um
1: you know i was raised you know i i i had abstained i think maybe 11 years before i married my ex-husband um
0: and then after, you know what I mean. S- so, Safana, you can't be nothing. You, you got to be like thirty-eight years old. How you? How you? 50. Years? How you gonna say all the years? You talking I'm about fifty years old? So you said you've been divorced twenty years, It'll, and then yeah. you have stayed eleven years before Good you got Lord, married. I know 20, it. I'm sorry, squirrel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause that baby gonna
1: be twenty. <laughs>
0: Father God, that's thirty-one years right there. And Listen, how long are you married? Three. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, I was married three years. And uh that first year was great because after abstaining all that like, I tried to kill that man. I did. I listen. Y'all gonna quit telling women that they not visual. Y'all gonna quit telling women they not sexual. Y'all gonna quit telling women they don't want to, cause they do. <laughs> They want to do what I tell you twice on Tuesday, three times on Thursday, five times on Friday, several times on Saturday. There are women, there are women, and of course I'm being comical, but there are women who have drives that are compatible with With that of a man, with that of a man. Um, And they're not Jezebels, and they're not, you know, there is not enough healthy dialogue around sexuality. But
0: anyway. So answer that. When you say, when you talk about uh, we gonna stop telling that. Where have you heard this rhetoric shared? Everywhere. Everywhere, like where? In all the churches and all the land.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. Not in all the churches in all the land, but in um.
0: In Christian communities, yeah, in, it's, it's in, like
1: in the community. And then, of course, now with all of these different voices popping up everywhere. Yeah.
0: All these podcasts.
1: Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's so
0: crazy. So when you look at that, so you say in, in, in the culture that after you got married, after your divorce, divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, you were thrust into this single life, mm-hmm. and it was like now you're hearing it amplified about purity culture, mm-hmm. and a Christian woman should be like this. And mm-hmm. when you see those circles, you see ninety nine percent women, and maybe one percent men uh, even taking that ideology. Men, like y'all, got me messed up. I ain't finna be absolutely. Ain't nobody waiting. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Exactly. Largely, exactly. there was a
1: demographic that you know would adhere to the teaching, and but it was small in proximity. <laughs> And so so and it was OK. Right. That was the thing that really frustrated me, because how are you preparing all of these women and simultaneously not preparing the men that they're supposed to be waiting for? That's the point.
0: That's a problem. So. So what what have you ever did counseling or provided coaching For a married woman that adopted the ideology of purity culture and then they struggled in their marriage.
1: Absolutely. So in in my coaching, um, I actually had a conversation with a client who had, she's been married, I won't say how many years. But she confided that um, she's never achieved orgasm in her marriage and we began to unpack what that looks like and why and some of it was mentality surrounding what was lawful and what was not some of it was surrounding what was lawful mhm
0: so they feel like biblically they you, mm-hmm. you weren't supposed to be doing certain
1: pleased. things and 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 different things like that and, and so i referred her um, because some of the components, I can give you my heart and what I believe the word says, but it, I, I'm not an expert in that field. Yeah. So I would refer them to, and I did, I referred her to a Christian sexologist. Right. And, um, but she didn't even know that those existed. Right right um, because those voices are not amplified
0: right i said i'm gonna bring one on uh my homegirl Brittany. she's gonna come oh on. you have to i love yeah, her yeah yeah The I intimacy love her firm. oh she's been, i love she's her been saying she wanted to come on for a while and you I have like, to are we ready so we're in tough topics now yeah, so you you i have said this to. is the perfect season you have to bring to. It on
1: it's going to free so many people um which would which was the catalyst for my book because there was always this context about what not to do while you're single, but not enough information, context, strategy, foundation, principles for what to do with this entire season. Because this, contrary to popular belief, this ent- which is why you'll never hear me saying I'm in my waiting season because I ain't waiting for nothing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not waiting for anything. That's good. I am living successfully single. And that does not mean that I don't desire companionship because I do. And I'm excited about companionship. But I ain't waiting on it. Okay?
0: So you got to be clear, Safana, because it seemed like you out here uh, busting it down and all that. You said, no,
1: ain't nobody busting nothing. Exactly. That's ain't what nobody I busting nothing. But do you see but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Do that is the problem. Yeah. The problem is that just like I told you before, people hear through their trauma yep. first. Yeah. And so if you say, even even on the live when I was telling you that um, when people hear me say "successfully single,"
0: yep, it sounds like they you don't never want to be married.
1: That's what they hear. You
0: don't never want to be married
1: because how can you how can you glory in being single and want a companion at the same time? How can you not? I know you're it. only going to be as as successful as a wife as you were at, a single. Teach, and so if. If I cannot be a successful single, a successful whole, a successful woman, I'm yep. a woman before I became a mother.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And so if 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 there is not enough strategy, context, principle and direction regarding how to steward this particular season of your life, you're waiting on that to accomplish what exactly? Teach. Right? Yeah. So um everything from become uh, the difference between ass being an asset and a liability not to get a husband but because the ultimate the ultimate goal and this is the main thing that has been missing the ultimate goal is to glorify the father and represent the kingdom there it is that's the goal the goal is not companionship companionship is a phenomenal bonus. I, I miss being married. I'm not just for the sex.
0: What do you miss? T- tell people the, the, the power of marriage.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, partnership, sharing, covering. It's wonderful. But catch this if you don't understand how to be covered by the Father before you even get in covenant with a person, how do you even know what covering looks like?
0: And how would you respect it when you got how it? How
1: can you respect it? How do you know? So so a lot of times people talk about even in dating, um, you know, it, they hurt me. They did this to me. Eh, that's probably true. But let's talk about the fact that you don't know how to properly vet. And if you don't know how to properly vet, then you're going to continue to make the the wrong selections each and every time. Facts. And, Single people are inept at extracting the principles of scripture and living it out in relationship to the Father so that it can sharpen your ability to vet, discern. When you learn to discern well, you can decide well. When you can decide well, you can date well. Th- those are principles. And I hate to. Um, keep harping on the culture surrounding that, that purity movement. Because again, I I do believe that the intent was, was good. I believe that the intent was to honor the father, but the teachings became really toxic and they became, um, singularly focused on marriage, which is why you have people saying stupid stuff like, well, you're single. How are you a relationship
0: coach? Yes. So that's good. All right. So we're going to go there. So um, how are you able to be a relationship coach? Even while I'm asking this question, I feel stupid because, (laughs) of course, I don't think that I don't think like that. It's like almost saying, how is Michael Phelps coach? Why can't Michael Phelps coach beat him swimming? Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, Because right. <laughs> you'll think like, well, if you can coach Mike, 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 Mike uh, Michael Phelps, you should be able to swim him. Swim yeah. him. Know a coach? Well, I don't want to answer you. So, <laughs> <laughs> how are you a relationship coach, and you still single? That's a great question, and I
1: love that question actually.
0: Um, well, <laughs> because <laughs> you told me to ask you. I ain't uh, nobody told you to I mean, that. I that's what happened just now. You led me into it.
1: Uh, well, there you go. Um- So, one, I have the wisdom to do it. I have the certification to do it. And I have the experience to do it. And I'm actually living it. Let me ask you a question. If you had a choice between choosing a coach that has been married for 20 years versus a coach that's been single for 20 years who is current, who is actually going through and understand what you're going through, doing it successfully, happy, whole, and healed versus someone. And this is not a competition between single coaches and married coaches. Don't do that because I know how y'all do. This ain't about that. Versus someone that says, well, I remember when, (laughs) well, back when we, because the singles don't ask the right questions. They ask, how did y'all meet? That was 15 years ago.
0: Hold on. I'm going to jump in right there, which was interesting because I remember there's a new me when I got married at 28 and when I got divorced at 38. Yes. The world looked totally different. Totally. And I had friends that told me, it's like, all right, you back in the dating street is a lot different. I was like, no, it ain't. It's just... I came out here, I said, hold on. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) What happened? What is happening? I would be a fool to think that as everything else evolved, the way people date didn't evolve. You know, the way people even you know like even back when I was 28 it wasn't a whole lot of rhetoric about um, the soft life and emotional right. intelligence right. and all these buzzwords that we use sure. and being emotionally available sure. and choosing a person based on purpose and right. choosing a person that aligns I yeah. we didn't use yeah. words like, yeah. that. It like that I was like I like you didn't exist. I like you do you like me yeah. circle yes or no right. you want to get married uh, open up the little yeah. thing do, like, remember the thing back, back in the day house car <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Apartment. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> How old are you? You know. It was it was simple as that. It was sure. simple as this. Sure. And then and then now as I'm in these dating streets, I'm forty-five. Mm-hmm. Now the way I even view married especially having been married before it's a different perspective than someone who has never been married before completely based upon my experience yes and so to the to answer your question the rhetorical question that you asked about would i rather choose somebody that's single that's a coach and somebody that's married i i would i would choose based on the season that i'm in Mm -hmm. and so if i'm a season of singleness And I feel like I have some deficiencies or I feel like I have this longingness in my heart that I feel like isn't being fulfilled. Well, I want to find somebody that's in that same season with Mm me that is maximizing their single season. Mm -hmm. And then when I get married, I say, hey, y'all been married for 20 years. How do we get from day one to 20 years? And so coaches are best. And you'll find people that are... Thank you, Holy Spirit. You hit it. You'll find coaches that, uh, especially, I, I like watching boxing a lot. I've been, I, I go on YouTube and just watch a lot of boxing. Mm-hmm. And I was watching, um, I was watching some boxes. Matter of fact, it's an interesting video. I was watching uh, uh, Spence boxer, uh, uh, coach. And his coach has to be about three, four hundred pounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um he was talking about how fast his coach is mm-hmm. because he has to be quick with those mitts mm-hmm. and so i was like this, this man is huge mm-hmm. how, how is he that quick with that they said he told the other boxer he was like i bet you you ain't faster than my coach and I was like this man how how, how could that ever be well in order to get Spence punching as fast as he did he has to have somebody that's a whole lot levels and steps ahead of him in order to raise him up to the next level yes that's it and so what happens is is that when you have somebody like you that have been there done that and you said that I'm successfully single I did an episode in my first season called successfully single Mm -hmm. and the reality is is when you say hey I'm single this is a season of my life this is my this is my Adam season where I am required to name the animals mm-hmm. because a lot of times even when I first started the podcast I was like well I'm single and I'm looking for a wife why, is my, you know, why would anybody find value in the Dear Future Wife podcast Well, I have people from married people people have been divorced people looking to be married again people that don't want to ever get married right. again I have all the gamut because I want to learn and extract wisdom and jewels from everybody mm-hmm. and so um, the reality what I love about you is your ability to be able to speak and and there's an anointing over your life that not only can just coach people in their single season but also help married couples because of because it's funny because people get married and then they somehow feel like they missing their single season you know what I'm saying and if you told them hey listen let me talk to y'all I know y'all want to get let a divorce let me help you let me tell you what it is have you had those experiences where you talk to married absolutely. couples absolutely how's that fair oh
1: it is oh my gosh I so thank you first of all and I received what you said and um that's further confirmation. Um you're absolutely correct. I I I coach couples and I coach single people and it when I coach couples it's humbling number one. And um because there is a trust that you have to have. In a person who is not in the season that you're in currently. Yeah. Um, but you honor the anointing. You on, I'm sorry. You honor the anointing and you honor the wisdom that's coming out. And you're not. Li- because my status isn't what's coaching you. My status is what I'm living. And I'm. And, Hold and on. Stop. The, you gotta, you
0: gotta, you gotta let that sit there. You said your status ain't what. My status is not what's coaching you. That's what you live living. That's what I'm living. What is coaching them?
1: What's coaching them is the gift of God, the anointing of God, and the wisdom of God the calling of God to speak into the lives of people. What people don't understand is that there is a relationship revival happening right before our eyes. And if you miss it, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of it. You're going to find yourself in drought because not, and it's not about romantic relationships. My coaching model is about your relationship with the father, your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with others. And it has to go in that order. Any time you try to, because you're so lonely and loneliness is real and it's valid and it impacts everybody, myself included. But what I know, I have a revelation that loneliness is a thief of time and focus. And if I understand that, I can deal with the reality of when it comes, not if it comes, but when it comes to challenge where I am, why I am, and how I'm supposed to be, then I know how to interact with it healthily, with the grace of God, with the anointing of God. And I can come out victorious every single time because there is a strategy in the anointing and it doesn't happen haphazardly. And if you are so-called, Up on my status, what you're gonna do is you're gonna miss your opportunity to be set free, to be unstuck, and to allow the grace of God that has allowed me to be victorious to show you how you can be too. And if you're married and you understand that the gift of God doesn't have a status, the gifts of God don't have a status, but they have strategy and they have fruit. And the Bible says there's a fruit that remains. The seed is the Word of God. The objective is to glorify the Father and represent the kingdom. That's not about my status, but because this is my current status, let me show you how you can do it in that same grace, in that same anointing. Saying power you can produce fruit over and over and over again you can represent the father on your job you can represent the father in the airport you can represent the father in your kid's school you don't have to be a frustrated single parent you don't have to be you don't have to be
0: you know i see see you don't went there i'm just sitting back listening you don't went there now See, that 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 little soft spoken. I'm just here. Don't do that. No, no, you don't whip do that. Now. Oh, y'all went there. Don't oh, y'all do, that. do that. See, I, I see when that when that when that spirit fall on you, it just it just comes out.
1: I get tired of people being bound. I remember bondage. Tell me what that felt like to you. It felt like hell on earth. I remember sitting up crying day in and day out about when my season was changing, and because I was so full. Fo- Listen. Depression is attached to being overly focused on the future.
0: There it is. Right? There it is.
1: And if you're overly focused on where you're not yet, or if it is also attached to regret about what you didn't do, what you could have done, what you should have done. And if you are attached to any one of those places, how can you maximize where you are? So time is continuing to spin. Time is continuing to move. And everything that God has for you right up and through here, you're missing it. Because you either focus there or there, which is why I wrote what I wrote and I coach how I coach because the anointing of God doesn't have a status.
0: Hold on, I want to go back. I want to go back to where, when did that moment become so frustrating to you? When did, where were you at? How old were you? Uh, what did you hear? What did you see maybe on social media, on the news, in the church that brought out the highest level of frustration in your life where you felt like, or did you ever feel like this thing ain't working? This thing called Christianity may not be working. This thing called purity ain't work. what? What is it? Get real with the people and tell me what stage were you in, age, time, everything, if you can recall it.
1: I don't remember the age, but I remember the season. I always knew that the way of the Lord is right. I was raised that way and I believe it not just because I was raised that way but because of the experience I've had with the father. Um I believe that purity and my and, and me honoring God with my body has always been right. Um but I understood it differently because he gave me revelation. But what took the cake was when I realized that I had been living the same life year after year after year
0: and nothing was changing what was that same life
1: that same life was work church raise the boy come home work church raise the boy come home I wasn't growing spiritually I wasn't growing financially I wasn't growing mentally. I wasn't growing emotionally. And I was overwhelmed. I was frustrated. I was taking a lot of my frustration out on my son. I was taking a lot of the frustration out on my business. My business wasn't growing. I was stuck in every single area of my life. What business was that? Um, so I'm a 30-year beauty industry vet. Okay. So I had a salon. And... um. I was doing hair, but the love for it had, it, 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 it didn't leave, but it was dull yeah. because I was so overwhelmed with the fact that I didn't have a husband. And we get caught in this web of things would just be better if, if, I, I, had had a a co- if I had a companion.
0: Yeah.
1: Not real, and, and there's value in companionship. Of course. I, I, listen, I am a domestic woman, I, I'm a girly girl. I, lo- I love to love on my man. You understand me? If any man that's <laughs> ever been, <laughs> you understands me?
0: Y'all listen, man, y'all listen out there?
1: Any man that has been in actual exclusive relationship with me, they will tell you that that was the safest they ever felt. They will tell you that I love them well. They will tell you that um, they were prioritized. And they will tell you that she, she is who she posts to be Yeah Right yeah. I'm not going to give you a facade I don't have time like that First of all Who got time to be two people I, That's exhausting to think about Who got time to be two who people Who got time to be two people But so then you'll have people say Well if Well if you was all that Why didn't it work Just, Listen That's like saying a nice guy Has to be your guy or a good woman has to be your woman. Yeah. No. Yeah. You can have a good relationship and pull Listen. So anyway, getting back to your thing.
0: No, I want to I want to sit on that because that's what a lot of times people say, I had another person on the podcast and she does feminine coaching and all that and they like, "Well, if you were so good, you'd be you'd, you'd be married. If you, if if what you teach works, you would have exactly what they they're believing that you're saying that they can have, but you're never promising a husband. Mm-mm. You're, pro- not, you're pro- I'm ahead.
1: promising. I'm not promising. I'm living successfully single, and I want to share the strategy on how you can do that right.
2: too.
1: I could have been married three three times since my divorce. I don't have a the man. On, I text my best friend. I could show you the text. The only black man that was in first class on my flight here was trying to talk to me. Not cause, and it ain't cause I'm so fine. It's not that.
0: But I can, I can tell you why he was. You <laughs> see, you can tell, you can tell book a session.
1: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And that's another thing. If, that's another thing. Like I, I'm not trying to steer you toward my life Yeah. because I'm not the goal. There it is. The goal is to glorify the Father and represent the kingdom. Yeah. That's the goal. Yeah. To look more like Him. That's the goal. And as a single, I'm telling you, there's a grace and a strategy and an anointing to do that. I'm living it. I have the fruit of it. I can show you how. Yeah. If you want to know.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, but the problem is people will say things like, but my goal is to be married. I want somebody to help me get married. But if you're not your most whole self single, you you can get, anybody can get married.
0: Yes.
2: There aren't a lot of us that have to stay single.
0: Yep. Yep. That's but what happens hard. is your, your, yourself will talk to yourself and you'll be like, "Nah, this ain't the right person.
1: And you're going to get in there and tear that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're going to do with your eager self. You're going to get in there and tear them people. And, and, and just like we were talking on the podcast, I don't know why people think that God is not as concerned about his sons as he is about his daughters. Yeah. That was another thing that used to really irk me about that movement. Yeah. Because everything was about the daughters, the daughters, the daughters. I was like, you do know he has sons. <laughs> he has sons and he loves them. <laughs> and we should love them.
0: Why did it, why did it feel like they didn't they didn't focus on the son, about the love the father has for the son. How did, you, how did you gather that, being a woman, looking at the movement?
1: A couple of different things. One, I'm raising a young man. So I can't help but notice that if you have conference after conference after conference,
2: because who they are post- they supposed to marry? <laughs> oh, ye prepared ones? Oh,
1: ye ready nation. Who are you? And so <laughs> I'm raising.
0: Uh, oh, ye prepared ones. Oh,
1: ye prepared ones. Oh, ye ready nation. Shot, ta, ta, ta.
0: So, lay. what would you say to? So, even like, how deep does it get with your coaching? Do women come back to you and say, hey, I met this guy right here, and they try to vet him through you?
1: So I'm glad you asked that. So my VIP clients, I walk with them through dates, and because they have direct access to me, yeah. So they'll, I, I literally, they'll send me screenshots. That's what he said. What should I say? "Mm -mm, Don't say what you was. I'll ask them clarifying questions first. What were you gonna say? Don't say that say this, not because I'm serening I'm them, but because I'm trying to teach them principle. I'm not trying, because my goal is not to get you married per se. My goal is for you to get the principle that is founded in scripture to help reshape your mind, your thinking, your character, and the principles by which you live, because that's going to continue to produce fruit in your life. It's not, again, anybody can get you hooked up. I can get you hooked up, I don't have a problem getting hooked up. That's not the and when I say hooked up, I'm not talking about sex because I'm abstinent. I'm talking about date to be clear, I'm talking about. Do you know how many women tell me they have not had a date I in know years? It. Yep. They don't even get approached. Yep. They don't. They don't know what it feels like to get properly, respectfully approached by saved and unsaved men because I get approached by both. And again, it ain't because I'm so fine. It's not.
0: Answer this. Do uh, how do you feel about women approaching men, shooting their shot at men?
1: I, I okay. It depends on how you define approach. <laughs> I because it. I do believe that a woman should know how to properly position herself to be approached.
0: Talk about the difference. And I, I teach that. So tell them the difference about positioning. And a woman shooting her shot. So I'm going I'm to be, be, be even deeper. Okay. I, you know, I got to get the preacher in me. I can. Positioning and propositioning. Yes.
1: Yeah, so that's the difference. Yeah. The positioning is a strategic way to place yourself either in the vicinity or in a conversation yep. or a situation that gives a man the understanding yeah. and the clarity that it's okay to approach you. And there are strategic ways to do that. And you don't have to be overly sexual. You don't have to have your girls out. You don't have to have everything skin tight. We don't need to see your spleen. You can stay kept. You can represent the kingdom. You say spleen? Because it's too tight. You don't have to show your kidneys. Neither do you have to dress like you 74 years old. Because that's a thing. Because you can keep it cute and kingdom. Huh? Cute and kingdom.
0: Huh? The new line. By, cute by somebody. and
1: kingdom. <laughs> I like that. Cute and kingdom. Now, don't try. Li- listen, don't if try. you make a merch line, <laughs> I want credit and a percentage. Okay?
0: Just saying.
1: Oh, God. And I come so, up with ideas a lot.
0: Yeah, me too. So, that's why I was sitting there. That's why I said I didn't know you had a course.
1: Yeah. I, I, I did I, I not I do, know that. I do... Um, I do VIP coaching and then SSA, Successfully Single Academy, is my membership that's going to be opening um, its doors, reopening its doors really, really soon. And then um, there's also like the master classes and stuff like that. Well,
0: cool. We got to do an affiliate link so I can put it in in, in the thing and promote you. For sure. I
1: appreciate that.
0: The um, People are going to wonder this because I am too. What happened in your past marriage?
1: Oh, I ain't had no business marrying him. That's real simple and short and sweet. Mm Ain't no, I, listen, first of all, <laughs> that ain't, it's not deep.
2: See, <laughs> that's the problem. Y'all be wanting to be deep and dramatic. What happened? I ain't had no business marrying that man. Then a monkey can preach. You understand me? I mm. And the Holy Ghost told me. But let me tell you why I married him. <laughs> let
1: me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because it, it was safe. What was we were childhood sweethearts. Okay. And, um... <laughs> whew, <laughs> he said, I had no business. I had no business marrying that man. I knew it, too. How old were you when you got married? Oh, 28.
0: And it was three years.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got married at 28. First year
1: was great. It was sex every day. All day. You said great. you hurt
2: that man? I tried to kill him. <laughs> I did. So funny. How See, you try this to is a why man? you gotta have healthy dialogue <laughs> <laughs> you better wounded the man, break the man back, you know what I'm saying? Bruise him all up. Just manhandling man Was he
0: like, girl, go on? I'm, I'm tired. He was he was treating you like the quits. Wait, just, uh, hold on. What you mean? <laughs> Been waiting on this. What are you talking somewhere about? 11
2: years. What do you mean? Wait, for what? What's wrong with you? Ain't you a man? <laughs>
1: You know, did you go to attacking they manhood? Yeah, they, they, they you all yeah, unhealthy and toxic. <laughs> Talk about what you got the what you what you mean? That's so goofy. <laughs> I've
2: been through it. What you said attack his manhood. <laughs> just wrong. All the way around. The whole union, the conversations, just all of it. Oh, wrong. God.
0: It was just so off. So I guess he never complained <sighs> that he never complained that he his didn't wife wasn't giving him a problem.
1: Another. You understand me? That was not the issue. <laughs> You understand me?
0: Okay. That wasn't it. So did y'all get a divorce on irreconcilable differences?
1: Um so this is one thing I will never do. I will never uncover anybody that I've ever loved. Good. I will never do that.
0: Especially if they're not present. Yeah, yeah. I just
1: I I um if I ever loved you, I I probably still love you. Not in that way. Right. But um love covers. And so I will never uncover, let's just say. That the Father released me. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. And amen.
1: And amen again. (laughs) And, And I vowed to the Father. That I would never do that again, which is why in all of the opportunities that I've had since then to be remarried, I haven't. Not because I couldn't, but because I meant what I said to the father.
0: And you want the father to co-sign on this yes. This time around.
1: Now, I have been, I did accept one proposal. Um, this was several years after my divorce. Um, I hadn't been to marry him either, which is why I called it off but the, so the, so each each proposal was in a different season, and each relationship produced something different, and so that first proposal was, oh, somebody want me again right so that's why it's important people think that because they wait that they're healing that they're You don't know how healed you are until Until you're in a relationship relationship. and allow somebody the opportunity and the proximity to actually trigger you.
0: The opportunity and the proximity. And the proximity.
1: Because that's what vulnerability provides. It provides proximity. And if, if you can't tell me what you're doing, what process you've been involved in to help facilitate your healing, most of the time you're just waiting. And you just pass in time, and you call it healing. Um, and so that's what the first—that's the only proposal I accepted. But um, several several reasons caused me to call that off. Um, But the main—and I learned something. Every major relationship that I've been in since then, I've—I've been the, the Lord has shown me how to extract principles from experiences. Yes. That is the most liberating thing yes. because you're able to healthily detach from a situation. And even though it may hurt, it doesn't have to deplete you because everything that you had was not put into it. Teach. Right. So um, that situation taught me one set of principles. The next major relationship where he had the ring and he, was, he, he proposed and I said no.
0: You said um, no at the proposal.
1: No, I said If I go into detail, it's... Okay. Okay. Let's just say I said no. (laughs) Amen? Amen. We said no in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. But that relationship... (laughs) Taught you what? It taught me uh, (laughs) things about timing, and that's when I got clear revelation about seasons. Um, My last situation... um, from what I understand, he had bought the ring and was going to propose on my birthday, but I had already ended the relationship. And so, not because I'm a dating gangster. That's what I'm about to. No, say. no, to say no. I don't even let people speak that over me. I know it.
0: No, that, that people are gonna.
1: I'm not, which is, I listen. I got the Holy Ghost for real. You understand me? I can discern. I'm not a dating gangster. I'm not out here breaking hearts. You
0: ain't no runner. You ain't no track I'm star. I'm not a
1: runner or track star. Okay? <laughs> I am healthily living successfully single. And... um.
0: And you desire to be married.
1: Oh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about partnership. I'm excited about companionship. Let me ask you
0: this. You think sometimes women can get so... And men too. They can get so successfully single that they don't ever want to be successful married. That's not married.
1: me. Let me say that out loud.
0: He said for our fitness. That ain't me right That now.
1: ain't me. I, you will never hear me talking about I'm an independent woman because I'm not. Even as a single. You know why? Why? Because I'm interdependent on the father. And the more that I remain interdependent on the father, it won't be such a hard transition when I get into covenant with my husband. There it is. He had to teach me that though. That's good. I ain't never finna. You ain't never finna hear me say I don't need a man because I do, and I don't just need a man for physicality, whether it be bills, fixing things. That's not what I. That's not the the bulk of what I need a man for. I understand the role of a man,
0: and it's it's sexy.
1: A real man. Go ahead,
0: unpack that. What's the role? What's the role of a man? Ooh! First of all, it's
1: leadership, and when a man can, when he has the fruit of leadership successfully over his whole life, do you know? Do you know how attractive that is? Even if he is a man that's not available to you, even if he's not, even if he's a man that um, is not compatible for you, to watch a man lead his life well. Baby, that's encouraging It's sexy It's honorable I love to see it and, and there is something about watching a man Who has allowed God to grow his confidence And grow the fruit of his life And, and you can see him thinking and, and, and if he don't know what to think Baby, for that man to take that thing in the word And in prayer Woo! Sha! Honey, I see, and that's another thing. So because people have relationships out of order and out of context, they don't even they don't even get the full value and benefits of being a sister. Do you not know that there is a benefit to being a sister, to have a real brother, brother you, baby? I got a I got a. I, listen, I got brothers I can call that will counsel me, that will correct me. Safana, you off. You was wrong. And if you don't learn how to allow yourself to be corrected, you will buck against the man that you say you want so bad. But because my man, my man, my man. <laughs>
0: You keep on, Safana. You just hmm? made a whole reel because that's going to be a reel right there. You finna go viral. Oh, that thing is finna go viral. I can hear viral <laughs> moments. You know, if you wasn't a hairstylist, your wig would fall off. By that now. ain't right. But uh, your wig would fall off. But, I just yeah. I, and
1: so that's the problem because people have this singular mindset of I just want a husband when they don't understand that the father is trying to get you whole relationally. Period.
0: Yeah. I want I want people to find out who you to understand your background. Because this right here just shocked me like crazy when we was on that live. Everybody was like, <laughs> what in the world? If I don't look like what I've been through but, as a person. Come on. <laughs> so you, this powerful woman of God, mm-hmm. um, author, uh-huh, uh, coach, uh-huh. relationships, all things yes. God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you haven't always been like this. Mm-mm, I was a whole thug. You was a whole thug. Like a see, people, whole thug. Pe- people ain't going to believe what what they mean. You said a thug. I What kind of... Uh, so you say thug. Was it that you was fighting people in school or something type of thug or uh, what?
2: Not
1: really. I never picked a fight in my life, but I knew how to defend myself, and I used to beat people out their shoes in high
0: school. But
1: it was in defense.
0: In my defense, it was in defense. You was beating them out their shoes?
1: I was. It, it was a whole...
0: Layer. but when you say thug, you ain't talking about that part. You ain't talking about that. What are you talking about, Safana?
1: Uh-huh. so there was a season of my
0: life. Uh-huh. Don't get, don't what, try get out to get to the voice. Don't soften it up. Now. Don't soften it up. I want to hear the old Safana. Right,
1: right. So listen. <laughs> No, <laughs> um, there was a season in my life. So I come from a family split down the middle and to one extreme side of my family, there are judges and psychologists and engineers. And to the extreme opposite of that family,
0: the I mean, that the opposite. judges, the people that go see the judges, Listen, the people that need the lawyers. I want you <laughs> to
1: understand, huh? Whole drug kingpins. <laughs> I mean, uncle and cousins and brother grew up in, this organization back in the day. So I learned, I learned and watched people, you know, manufacture, well, not manufacture, but process mm-hmm, drugs and, and sell drugs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the Pyrex dish is real. And you, you had the baking soda and stuff. You know what I'm saying? You got to know how to do it. Right. And pop, I'm talking about, I would see pound bags of weed and, um, and eventually, I began to sell drugs Mm -hmm. and um, eventually I began to smoke weed Mm -hmm. and became addicted to weed. That was my drug of choice. And later on down the line,
0: I went into the bank. You was around what age down the line?
1: I was 20. I was 20. And uh, to the
0: bank, and what happened?
1: Well, I asked them to let me hold a little something.
0: How'd you ask them? <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of had a firearm and a disguise on, and
0: and you said, Hey, 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 listen, I, I over there, y'all giving so out kind. they're giving loans out over there, that's but that's not what I'm here I, for. I'm not here for that. Let I want you to give a me some something. money. <laughs> Give me some money, and I'm not bringing it back. <laughs>
1: oh gosh! And I, and of course, we're making light of it, but it oh. it it really impacted the lives of those that were at work that day. Um, I lamented for years over that. Ain't that a churchy word? You can tell I was born and raised in a church. About, I lamented. I lamented. Not I cried, yeah, but I, I cried lamented,
0: and I was weeping. I you cried. a gnashed
1: of <laughs> teeth. It was just. Um, but I did. I lamented over that for years. But you didn't shoot nobody. No, but I had a gun, mm-hmm. so um, I got caught. Um, it tickles people when I tell them how I got caught. So I got away.
0: Don't do that, Latirius. I'm trying to be your own to create I'm trying to create a safe space for you. No, you're like, be you ain't. Because you're tickled. How because, you safe and tickled? Because you over here. This you just got finished preaching to the whole <laughs> whole congregation. <laughs> And now you're talking about you over here uh, holding people at gunpoint.
1: Well, that was that was back, that was back then. I, I actually
0: never pointed the gun at anybody. You and
1: that was in the the court notes. Like I I just showed them the butt of the gun because I I never had any intention of not only pointing it but it. using it. Yeah. Right. I've never shot a gun in my life. <laughs>
0: So here you are going in there. With I just a gun. knew
1: I needed one to make them know that I meant. Well, I see let it. me hold a little something. As <laughs> if I felt like if I showed them, I sold drugs. You know what I'm saying? I I wasn't trying to, you know, but it hey it was a bright idea. And because I was I was never a punk. That was the thing. I've never been a punk. And 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 ironically, growing up, you know, in the Christian community. You know, the Safana is a street girl kind of thing. Um, i never forget my spiritual mother told me um, when she was raising and training me in the things of God. She said, you different. <laughs> she said, and they're going to try to change your different. She said, but God wanna use your
0: difference. Yes, he will.
1: And I didn't understand what that meant until decades later. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now what people are seeing is clear revelation of that. And the father walking me through what that means for me as I represent. Amen.
0: How'd you get caught?
1: I got caught. (laughs) Squirrel. I got caught. Uh, In the getaway car, because I changed everything when I left the bank, except my socks. So when the police opened the car door, they saw my orange socks and they said, there you go. And <laughs> clank, clank. And, <laughs> ain't that horrible? You said the socks, so, orange, bright. Because w- when I when I went into the bank, I, I'll never forget that outfit I had on: light jeans and I had an oversized Carl Canai shirt, Carl Kanae, yeah, and it and it had teal and orange writing. And I was coordinated. I put on. <laughs> ain't that dumb? That's so dumb.
2: I had on orange socks to, to match the orange. Girl, your car, your car. <laughs> <laughs> that's so dumb. so dumb. I'm gonna
0: be cute. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna ride this baby. I'm gonna be
1: cute. Cause what I what I tell you, I'm a girl. Uh, listen, I, baby, I was a girl back then. I was a cute thug. I was. I always
2: was a girl. So they said, there she goes. <laughs> it's them socks.
1: That's that's this right there. And uh, they said, clank, clank. And
2: uh, but it, but ironically, even. <laughs> You ain't right. Let's you hear ain't it. Right.
0: I did not know that because you you're socks. Uh, how many years did you serve? Three, three solid years in Detroit.
1: Uh, well, no, I served. Um, I served some time in county, and then from county, they took me straight to Coldwater,
0: Michigan. And you as as a first offender?
1: Yeah. I don't care about your first offense. What's wrong with you?
0: I no, mean, I thought they'd be a little like... When
1: in the people's bank. No, but let me tell you how the favor of God showed yeah, when up. When the people's bank. <laughs> when the people's bank. Come me, let me hold some. Um so how the, did you how much did they give you when you walked out? Oh gosh, I would have to look at the paperwork, but I, it wasn't a whole lot. <laughs> and, like and that 15, was dumb 15, too. Dollars? No, it was maybe like forty-seven thousand, something like that. It wasn't a lot of money.
0: Yeah. Um So was your was your entrepreneurship of selling drugs wasn't making enough money? It wasn't making enough. It wasn't.
1: It wasn't getting it. I was trying to do some other things. Cause I was small fry. I wasn't bawling like that. <laughs> I wasn't, you know. You didn't tell nobody's
0: going to do that. You just said, no. oh. You said, oh, I'm going to ride back today. I, I planned it for months. Oh, for months? You didn't yeah. tell none of your homegirls, nobody. I didn't
2: tell a soul.
1: You have to understand I come from a culture. Don't let your left, your right hand know what your left hand doing. I come from a culture of if you bought that life, do what you got to do. I come from a culture of, which is why... I tell people I'm hood and holy and what people hear is that you ratchet. No, I just hold some things that were a part of my environment, my exposure and my education as a girl that had those two particular dynamics in her life. So I'm not saying I'm ratchet and holy. I'm saying I have some hood components. And quiet as is kept, the Holy Ghost. Use some of those experiences, exposures, and education to sharpen my discernment. Because let me tell you something. There's, there's nothing like a person that comes from the hood that can watch your back. Come on. So um, I took everything off when I left out of the bank except for those socks. That's how I got caught. But the favor of God showed up in this. My late bishop, Bishop Jesse T. Stacks rallied the church, and my, and my late aunt, um, Mother Hubbard, they band together and they fasted and prayed for me as I was going through my trial. And the favor of God showed up because the feds, because that's an automatic fel- federal offense. Yeah. I was supposed to go to federal prison. Yeah. They turned my case over to the state. Unheard of. Unheard of. Not only that, but my minimum on the bank robbery was supposed to be five. The statute somehow got changed right before my sentencing and was then one to 10. I got one to 10 for just the bank robbery. The the mandatory two years for the felony firearm, that was the bulk of my sentence. The
2: firearm. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Just
1: found out earlier this year, all these years, God, I thank you. I've never been able to get my record expunged
2: because of the felony firearm. I found out earlier this year,
0: I can get it expunged. Come on now. God, dog, uh, boy.
2: So I'm grateful.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I try to tell people,
1: thank you. You ain't never got to look like what you've been through. I
0: don't care what it is. You know what? The reason why I want you to share that is because I used to, when I was touring plays across the country, I would do radio interviews and I would never talk about when I was 16 years old and I took a gun to school and all that. And one day I was talking about how, you know, perseverance can pay off and you bet on yourself and your dreams and all that. And I was in this, doing this interview in, in Portsmouth, Virginia. And I don't know what made me go there. They asked some some lady called in, and she said, "So how were you when you were a teenager? I was dealing. With my my son is, you know, is a knucklehead, and this, this, this." And she started sharing, that. I was like, "Man, when I was 16 years old, I took a gun to school. I got kicked out of my high school for." Uh, taking the gun to school. I was sent to alternative school. And that lady was like, what? It gave that lady so much hope that yes. here this guy was that's 25 years old that's saying just seven, well, at, at, at nine years prior, when I was 16, I was kicked out of school for taking the gun. And it gave us so much hope. And so when people see you in this situation, <laughs> they, it's, it's, you know, we, we say it from the hood perspective, street cred, but it's a it's a level of Holy Ghost cred that we yes. get to know that God's redemptive love is, is able to take you from where you were all the way to who you are now. And it gives people a different Reference point about the goodness of God, that Saul to Paul moment, that oftentimes we get so caught up in who that person is, not realize, well, see, God could never do that with me. I'm a weed head right now. I'm I'm popping X right now. I'm over here doing uh, shrooms. I'm doing this. See, I know what God did with her, but He can't, He could never do that for me. You know, right now I'm fighting this misdemeanor and this other woman and had a whole felony. It's giving people reference that the same God that got you from where you were to where you are now is the same God that. Can redeem them.
1: That's why my coaching clients trust me. Because ain't nothing you can tell me, baby girl, that's going to make me clutch my pearls. I ain't got none. <laughs> I ain't got none. Because the same God that delivered me from weed, that healed me from years of molestation, that healed me from years of physical, mental, verbal, and
2: physical abuse, I'm not crying because I'm still hurting. Crying, because i'm grateful teach i'm crying because sometimes you have to allow yourself to go back
0: yes to say god i thank you there it is
2: and that that same power is still available today teach everything that god delivered me from do you not know that when you get delivered hallelujah there is an authority that steps in its place say, hallelujah that when god gives you victory over a thing he gives you authority you you become aware of the authority that's available to you in him and you walk in a different light you walk in a Different power. You can command that thing to loose people. That's why it's important to abstain because there are people that are dealing with. The aftermath and the trauma of sexual abuse. and, And their promiscuity isn't even their fault. There are people that are dealing with lust that was projected on them. There are people that are dealing with promiscuity and they don't even understand where it came from. That, that door was open through an experience that they had. And when you allow God to walk you through that thing and He delivers and then heals you, you can speak to it. And it has to move in the lives of the people that you call to serve and partner with. I will never be a traditional coach. And I'm grateful to God for the assignment. I ran for a long time. But it's too many people that want to be healed. It's too many people that want to be whole. It's too many women that are angry with God, and God is not the one that broke their heart. God is not the one that told them people to teach you those things. God is not the one that told them to teach you a transactional relationship with him. He wants to teach you what it means to be a daughter and to be loved well by a father so that you reap the benefits of real relationship so that you don't tear up another relationship that you desire and to replace what you never received. Oh, God.
0: Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we come to your day thanking you for this opportunity to go lay before your feet. God, I don't know where these people may be listening to this podcast, this episode, but God, I ask that you just break their hearts wide open, God and step inside. And God, as you step into their heart, God, I ask that you begin to kick out all the pain, all the frustration, all the mismanagement, all the people who have failed them, all the people who have wronged them, all the people who have uh, molested them or sexually assaulted them. God, I, I ask that you excavate all the pain, all the mismanagement of their hearts, God. And God, I ask that you step in and fill it up with you, fill it up with love, fill it up with peace, fill it up with grace. Fill it up with forgiveness. Lord, fill it up with reconciliation. Fill it up with redemption, God. Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that they begin to walk in the power and the authority that you've called them to walk through and walk in, God. God, I thank you for the for the journey that they've been through. I thank them for the tests that they've been through, God, because now they have the power, the authority over that thing to be able to tread and trample over serpents. God, we thank you. We glorify you. God, we we thank you for the the pain that we've been through because the pain produced purpose. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in their lives. Let them begin to walk victoriously, Lord, and and those that don't have a relationship with you. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus for for them to build a relationship with you, that they slide in our DMs and begin to ask, what must I do to be saved? God, we thank you. You're you're a redeeming God. You're a merciful God. God, you're a God of restoration. God. You're a God of reconciliation, God. And the first people that you want to reconcile is us to you, God. So let us reconcile our relationship with you, God. Lord, I thank you for Safana. Safana, I want you to look towards that camera and, and speak whatever God has for you to speak.
1: I want you to know that you're not alone. That's the first thing you have to know. You're not alone. And there is nothing too deep. There is nothing too low that you've experienced that you've gone through, that you have conflicted on others that is unredeemable. You are redeemable. The relationship that the Father wants to have with you is real. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you from the authority of demonic influence. He wants to set you free so that you can glorify the Father and represent the kingdom. And Father, I just thank you for the I thank you, Father, for this opportunity and this platform. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that not only will you continue to set free, but Father, that you would continue to lead him and guide him to the thing that will satisfy his heart, his life, and his purpose in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you. Hallelujah. I thank you. Bless your name, God. I thank you for all that it will produce. I thank you for the fruit that will remain. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: (sighs) This is why I brought you, Safana. I brought you on the podcast because I know you carry God with you, you carry the anointing, the authority of the Holy spirit. Um, it breaks my heart to know that yet another woman that is <laughs> sitting on this couch has been a victim of sexual assault is, um, I remember coming into season three, I believe. And I came across the the statistics of one in five women. Oh. And now I'm hearing it's one in four is, is, is ridiculous. But from my podcast is almost like, of the women that have been on this podcast have some type of connection to sexual assault with with, with them and some level of violation. It just, it grieves my heart, which is why I said that um, I'm going to do something. I'm going to create something for men. It'll be a free course for men to, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to prioritize that, but have a course created for men to actually go through so that they can handle and steward that woman's life and her body well Um, because if it's that many women that have been victims of sexual assault they are dating men and men can subconsciously trigger these women by just being a little bit too aggressive sexually, and he like, dang! I just grabbed your leg. I right. just dang! And she right. like, I don't know you like that. He like, right. well, dang! You tripping? You got sure. issues? Dang! You sure. crazy?
1: Insensitivity. Yeah, very insensitive. Or just insensi- ignorance.
0: Yes, straight ignorance mm-hmm. producing insensitivity. Right. Because he just don't know. He like, dang! Just she tripping. Know. And then she don't, don't call know. him no more. And he like, dang! She that girl got problems. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah she does. Uh, yeah, she does. And and it's our job to make sure that we handle that well. Mm-hmm. And so even when I look back in my younger years, I was like, how many women have I probably dated And had no idea That mm-hmm. they were victims Of sexual assault And, and so, men too And men, and I've and talked To a lot yes. of men That's a whole Another issue yes. That's just a whole Another issue And the
1: women That can't be so Self-centered That they Disregard The possibility yep. Of that being The part of Somebody's story Because if it Happened to you Yeah It could have Potentially happened To someone else Yeah And so I I I I think that is um, the heart of the Father. I do. I believe that's the heart of the Father. And every single time, listen, you can grow at the rate of your obedience. You can grow at the rate of your obedience. The faster you obey Him, is the rate at which. He wants to produce something specific in your life. It may not be the full manifestation of the thing, but there's something that he wants to at least set in motion as a result of your obedience to him. And the longer you procrastinate, the longer you hold that thing up. So you have to be willing to allow the spirit of God to show you how to crucify your flesh so that, and and procrastination is real, but it can be defeated. It can. The faster you obey him is the rate at which you can grow. There are things you're holding up because of the rate of your obedience. Not that you don't have the heart to obey him, but the rate at which you move to do what he told you to do. You holding stuff up yourself. I can receive that. Amen.
0: How can people connect with you?
1: Um, so they can get the book on successfullysinglebook.com.
0: Is there like a hub that a website that has all things
1: successfullysinglebook.com.
0: It has it has your IG on there. It has
1: everything. It has your coaching. You can reach me for coaching, you can book a discovery call because I don't just accept everybody. You have to book a discovery call because I need to I need to make sure that uh, what I'm equipped to do is what you need. I'm That's, not going to just take your money. Right. I don't do that. I have to answer. Yep. Yeah. Um so booking me to speak, booking me for coaching, ordering the book, um, becoming a member of Successfully Single Academy, merch, digital products, my ebook, I have a devotional, um and a lot of great things coming down the pipeline.
0: So, so it's gonna be a link. It's gonna be a link yeah. right here in the description on YouTube. Um, <laughs> those listening to us on um, all streaming platforms. Wow, this is absolutely powerful. I'm grateful, Latiris. Thank you. Thank you for Thank you. Uh, showing up. You asked me the last night. You were like so. You know what? How'd you ask me? You were trying to ask me? I said,
1: "What can I expect?"
0: I said, "Just show up and talk." I said, "I can do that." <laughs>
1: You know, conversation is, because you have to think, um, the way that the Lord began to cultivate the teacher that would coach was behind the chair, because it's conversations.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And he, he showed me how to... As I was, he gave me revelation of how you opening up the cuticle layer of the hair. That's how I'm going to show you how to open up that heart. And the way that you either extract color or deposit color or put chemicals in that change the makeup. I'm going to show you how to use the gift of the teacher to go in and do that too. And then how to seal it back down. Temperature helps to either open up or seal down.
0: Y'all, because um, <laughs> fa- the- you I preach think. it, because that's a whole sermon. I'm listening to that, and my mind just went to uh, <laughs> this. I don't know what your course is, but this that whole analogy is a course, in by, a course by itself. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, y'all give it up for my homie, Safana Samples, y'all. Ladarian, thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship? Slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted? Yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life right. Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? no not at all none of it felt like i had done enough i now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission kingdom royale kingdom royale will be a luxury state-of-the-art home for foster boys our first location will be in the dallas fort worth metroplex we will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity empowers them to advocate for themselves and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young Kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical context introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables we just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising 2.8 million dollars now why 2.8 million dollars well in 2017 i created a web series in which i performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community one of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral garnering 28 million views however One of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTerris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys, documenting my work with the homeless, as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. You know, some episodes are just extremely special. Some episodes I feel a move of God where I know God is depositing something. Not only just in me, but in the viewers, the listeners. And this was one of those episodes, and I'm quite sure that you agree. Matter of fact, I can't wait to read the comments, the, the DMs, the revelations and epiphanies that you receive while watching this episode. I'm totally, totally looking forward to that. I've been very inspired. I've been working on this app, a Singles Ministry Worldwide. Singles Ministry Worldwide will be an app where we build community, where we get a chance to really maximize our single season and not just sit back and wait on a husband, wait on a a wife, but we get busy doing the work of the kingdom, building community, just having fun, going out doing outreach. Listen, I don't want to jump into it right now, but I'm going to do a complete rollout I think this is going to be life changing. I think this is what singles ministries have been lacking is a body of believers that can enjoy themselves, have fun. Can't wait to release it. Can't wait for y'all to join it. I don't know. God's doing some amazing stuff and I'm excited for it. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey, dear future wifey. What are you believing God for? What request have we made known to him, yet there is an inkling of doubt it won't happen? Is there a fear we won't have the marriage we dreamed of and feel people are people, so pain is inevitable? Isaiah 55, 11 declares, So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You, we, will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. God will anoint us to be the husband and wife for each other. We will do great exploits in his name and experience reciprocal love. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.